Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday edition of Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins talking right now. Sitting alongside me virtually is Mr. Pat Oni from the great state of Utah. How are you doing today on a Friday? Oh, uh, you know, it's Friday. It's the weekend. You know, it's, it's the freaking weekend. It, it, everybody works for the weekend, right? Says the uh, the guy that is headed to jail, right? It's the freaking weekend. Oh, what? R. Kelly. He, he'd be going uh, to jail yeah he'd be going to jail like yeah. multiple times over convicted this week here in chicago on child sex pornography charges Good. like Good. yeah 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 uh, on top of all the federal racketeering charges and and everything else so um he will not well i shouldn't say this he will not be uh able to harm children anymore Adults, hey, all bets are off here, but uh, children are safe from R. Kelly for probably the rest of that miserable human being's life. So, it is a Fish Fry Friday. We will have the fryer later on in the show. Of course, we'll play a little bit of the B or not the B, but we, as always on a Friday, we start with our best and worst of the week. And of course, we like to get the worst out of the way because I don't know about you, but I like to end the first half of the show on a happy note, not a sad note. Or a mad note. Um, so Pat, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the ball to you. Um, your worst of the week. My worst of the week is going to start with 
the Senate won't act on same-sex marriage bill until after the midterms. Who could have saw that one coming? Now, pray tell, Pat. Pray tell why they might want to wait till after the midterms for this vote. Because they don't want to lose votes by uh, voting for this bill. Um, but but hang on. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. What do the Republicans have to lose by forcing this vote? I, I have a very simple question, right? They're pro-marriage, correct? Suppose the the not just traditional but biblical definition of marriage, right? Supposedly. So why not force the vote? Be- well, first of all, they don't have the votes. Wait, what? Fairly- uh, they don't have the votes. Uh, again, what? They do not have the votes. It would pass without the Republicans. But there are 50 Republicans or 49 Republicans and 49 Democrats and one independent. 50 Republicans, 49 Democrats and one independent. Yeah. And the vice president of the United States. But if there were 50 Republicans, yeah, this would not muster enough to even pass the filibuster. True. But you know, you know there's going to be Republicans that vote for this. What? Y- yeah, that's my point. There's going to be Republicans that vote for this bill. Wait, 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 wait. What's next, Pat? Are you going to tell me that 130 Republican, um, either senators, congresspeople, or um, hierarchical people signed on to a letter um, supporting the gay marriage amendment or bill? Are you going to tell me that? Is that Uh, what you're going to tell me next? Yes. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm going to tell you because uh, Susan Collins, Susan Collins uh, from New well, Hampshire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By the way, folks, if you don't understand why that pronunciation of New Hampshire exists, it's because of Susan Collins. She's Maine, by the way. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, but the, but she says New Hampshire. She yeah. Susan Collins. Um, she said the bill is going to pass despite the delay. Oh, and uh, let's see. Uh, along with Susan Collins, Tammy Baldwin. Uh, well, of course, Tammy Baldwin's going to support that. Um, you yep. do realize yep. that Tammy Baldwin is what we um, affectionately yep. call a lesbian. Yep. Yep. I I, w- I was thinking this. I believe Rob Portman is. Um, well, he just said that they were going to wait until next month um, after, or we're going to wait until after the midterms. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I want to be clear here, folks. Marriage, okay? Uh huh. To a Christian 
worldview, okay, is defined as this, Pat, right? In Genesis, the first of all of the books, the very first one, and then later affirmed by Jesus in his teachings in the New Testament as a God-ordained covenant relationship between a man and a woman. It is not just a thing that you get to do by going to the courthouse, right? A marriage is a God-ordained covenant relationship, meaning you and your wife make a covenant with each other. And what is that covenant, Pat? To not just sexually be exclusive to each other, but to love, honor, cherish all the rest of the days of your life and in the Catholic faith until death do you part and in other faiths, you know, until all eternity, right? Especially in the Mormon church. Right, right. right. One man, one wife joined together in holy matrimony. Correct. And this whole thing is a big slap in the face to that. And I want to be clear on this because we've been sold a lie most of our entire lives, Pat. Right. We have been told that marriage is really just some old social custom created by human beings, right? We've been told just choosing the right mate, you're going to have fewer problems in your life. We've been told that choosing not to marry avoids relationship problems. We, we've been told that... Um, my marriage or my spouse has to make you happy. And divorce is sometimes the only option, right? I, I want you to think about this, okay? So Genesis chapter 2, the second chapter of the book, verse 18, says what? In the very beginning, God formed the first man, Adam, out of the dust and sent him over the Garden of Eden. But soon enough, God, God declared that it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Adam needed Eve, and the nature of humanity created by God requires women. So to meet his need, God caused Adam to fall asleep so that he could perform the first surgery ever recorded, right? The whole why why does man and woman have a different amount of ribs right how do, like we're we're told that 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 passage in genesis is an explanation for human science and biology right by the atheists left right except for we wouldn't have known human biology when this story was told right nobody would have known that then god set in motion a meaningful event Genesis 2.24, right? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And what is the meaning of one flesh, right? One entity, two individuals become one entity together. And why do I go down this road of this biblical definition? Because... There were three things that really happened in the 1960s for the first time, right, Pat? When we look at voting, okay? And 
Could you guess at least two of those three things that happened in the 1960s for the very first time in mass, if you will? Um, I'm not sure that I, I'm following you on this one. Okay, so in terms of voting, three big seismic changes in either demographics or whatever. Age was one, right? What? Age was one, right? No. Demographics of of voting changed. Okay. There were three of them. Three big seismic changes happened in how Americans voted and what they voted for or whom they voted for. The three things were this. African Americans or or blacks or black people, excuse me, because blacks is, is an actual pejorative, but uh, black people voted for Democrats for the very first time in mass in the 1960s, starting with the 60, I believe the 64 or 68 election. Okay. And that was after the Voting Rights Act and, and um, all of the things that came along with the Civil Rights Act, right? Right. But two other important things also happened in the 60s. Catholics voted for the first time for Republicans in large numbers. Okay? That was a seismic change from the Democratic side of things. And why? Because the large block of Catholics that came to America came from what backgrounds? Socialist Italian and socialist Irish backgrounds. Who represented the socialist population in America for the first 50, 60 years, right? Yeah. Of mm -hmm. the 20th century. It was the Democratic Party. And now I'm not suggesting that the Republicans represented socialism, but the second generation or third generations of Irish and Catholic Irish Catholic Americans and Italian Catholic Americans were more rooted in the teachings of faith as social justice, not government as social justice, right? Therefore, they looked at the Republican Party as the apparatus in which that would allow them the freedom of that religious belief. And more importantly, pro-life. Because remember, we're in the era just pre-Roe versus Wade, okay? Pre-Roe v. Wade. Now, there is a third block that began their journey into ever voting period amen, Pat. Can you guess the group that really never voted prior to the late 60s and early 70s? Can you guess it? Um, I'm going to get it's either women or Hispanics. Neither. Damn. Evangelical Christians. Really? Because Prior to this, the belief of the evangelical Christian churches in America, right, the, the, especially like the Southern Baptists and some of those other um, denominations, believed that the, it, they took a much more pilgrim-esque view of politics and religion, meaning the two don't mix. So you stick out of politics because the two don't mix, Right. You can't mm -hmm. mix your religion and politics together. And for the first time, they saw their religious belief systems and the belief systems and religiosity of America writ large under attack for the first time. Mm. And they began to vote 
in mass, right? Roe versus Wade coming up. All of the things that we see today, right? Most Americans in our generation never knew a world in which Catholics were not maybe 50-50 between, you know, Republican, Democrat, or 60-40 Republican, if not more now. I would argue it's probably about 70-30 today um, in terms of Republican versus Democratic thinking in the Catholic Church writ large. Now, if you go to a big city, that might be a different story, but that's neither here nor there. But we we know, don't know a world in which evangelical Christians are not a, one of the largest, if, if not the largest, demographic voting block in America. Right? We don't know that. We don't know a world in which that doesn't exist, right? Right. But if you were to tell somebody in 1964 an evangelical Christian was going to vote, period, they would have laughed at you. Because it didn't exist. They They believed that... That God would provide, right, for however and whenever, and God's will be done. But voting for politicians is not the answer to godly questions. So, as we look at this, and the reason I bring this up, Pat, do or do not evangelical Christians believe in a biblical definition of marriage? Um, generally speaking, yes, I would say they do believe in a biblical definition. Now, I would argue that the biblical worldview is becoming less and less of a thing in, in most of the church, right? And I, and, and I mean that in the sense of every denomination of Christianity. Right. Okay. I, I would agree. Mm -hmm. That being said, having said that, there are two the, the two biggest voting blocks, right? Evangelical Christians and Catholic men. Okay? Who are largely also by the way working class men. Represent the largest voting blocks of the Republican Party today. We have talked about how the Republican Party hates its base more than they hate the opposition. They hate the people that elect them. More than anything else, if you ever needed any proof of this, it is this situation right in front of you. Because what are they attempting to do, Pat? They are attempting to court your evangelical, your working class Catholic male vote. They're also attempting to become more involved with the Hispanic vote. And the Hispanic vote, by and large, is what? Socially conservative, correct? Uh, yes. That is why, by and large, they have defected from the Republic or from the Democratic Party in large numbers. In in Florida, we're seeing what? 60-65% of Hispanics, not just Cuban Hispanics, by the way, but the whole totality of people who would identify as Hispanic voting for the team GOP and Ron DeSantis. Okay? We're seeing it because they believe the Democratic Party does not represent their values, doesn't represent their social values, and more importantly, they are fleeing governments, they are fleeing um, societies that are littered with the socialism, the communism, the totalitarian, authoritarian, whatever thing you want to put, whatever label you want to put on it. That gut style of government is what they're actually fleeing, right? If it doesn't matter where you, Venezuela, 
Cuba, right? Communist, socialist, right? Um, El Salvador, right? What? Look at that. Look at Nicaragua. Look at almost everything except for Panama and a few other places. You see large socialist, large communist influences in Central and South America, right? In Chile right. just elected its first leftist, uh, like true leftist um, president. Now, he attempted to change their constitution, right? Uh, to to reflect a socialist slash communist manifesto. And it got shot down. That's a lucky thing. So you look at the voting blocks that exist. If you are a craven politician, right? Could you come up with anything more craven than this? Literally, we're going to delay the vote to stab you in the back until you hand over all of your hard-earned money to us, right? And we're going to tell you that we represent your values, that we represent your principles, and that we believe in the biblical worldview that you are supposed to hold. We believe in marriage. We believe in you know, the biblical separation of church and state. The biblical version of that is what? That you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, render unto God what is God's. And that is not a tax thing, by the way. So I, I bring this up because I bring all of this up to, to, to set up this question, Pat. Let, it, let us think through this. If you're Ditch McConnell, if you're Kevin McCarthy, is this not the most cynical thing that you could possibly do? You are lying. You are not just holding this vote off to see what happens in the election, right? This isn't a, hang on a second, if we lose, right? If we had the power, right? If Team GOP had all of the power, if we were to lose, do we do X, Y, Z, right? Because we see that all the time. We see them passing a tax um, reduction if they were to go through with a you know, if they were about to lose, right? We, they might pass some sort of a um, economic package or a social package, right? That would reflect their values before they come out of office. But are we or are we not close to potentially having the Senate flip in 2023? We are close. It might happen. We don't know for sure. We do know that it is very, very likely, like probably about 98 to 95 uh, at the worst percent, that the other side, right, the Congress, is going to flip to Team GOP, okay? So now you have that control in one house. Why would you hold this vote off? Other than it would expose you as mm. not holding a biblical worldview. And because they're cowards. They're absolute 100% cowards because they will pass this in the dark of night and then tell you they will, they will slap you as an actual practicing Christian. They will slap you in the face with their left hand. And if you know anything about your biblical references, a left-handed slap is exactly what we talk about when we talk about turning the other cheek. We've talked about this on the program, right? Mm. they are literally attempting to pee on your leg and tell you it's raining you, and then that, ask you for more money. That is the GOP, though. 
That they're they're notorious for this. They are notorious for peeing on your leg and telling you it's raining. Now, Whereas the other I, part I, of this I, that I have a question for you, Pat, okay. as we talk about this. Because we know this to be what they're going to attempt to do, because they have literally, right, literally given you the 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 heads up with that letter, right? That 130 individual signatures to that letter talking about how we need to federalize marriage. No, we don't. Even on a even if it's not a biblical worldview level, if you are truly a conservative, if you truly believe in states' rights, if you truly believe in the Tenth Amendment, right? Which I I don't know t- any member of of Team GOP that doesn't subscribe to that. At least when their lips are moving. Even on that level, why are you federalizing this? Why are you federally recognizing a thing that is against values, purposes of your entire voter base, by the way? This isn't this isn't just a small subsection that you're going to tick off because I get it. You're never going to be perfect, right? You, you can't because you do have to work and attempt to craft and make legislation that will pass, right? You can't get everything that you want unless you have absolute power. And that would mean 60 plus votes. That would mean holding the Congress, the Senate, the executive branch. That would mean holding lots and lots of power within the judicial branch, which you really don't, even though Trump attempted to give you more and more of that. What what are we doing here, Pat? What I don't I don't understand it from a biblical worldview level, which you are insulting large parts of your base. I don't get it from a separation of federalism level. And more importantly, do or do not most people hold a platform position that the government should have nothing to do with marriage, period. Because why? I hold that worldview because the Bible tells me it is a God-orientated, a God-ordained covenant. It is a covenant between my wife and myself, and our witness in front of God. It has nothing to do with the state. And if you know anything of the history, right, we know this to be this case. We know everything about the history of state-run marriage in America to be evil, to be bad, to be no good. Why would we want to federalize marriage? Because they will weaponize it against you that's why they will weaponize it against you now we have talked about the extreme versions of marriage right pluralistic marriage and and things that are against the state and against religion and things like that but to that point if that's the lifestyle you want to live in the covenant that you decide between you and everybody else is that my business I, no. I I struggle with the answer being yes, it's my business. Now, biologically, it is stupid, right? Just as right. incest is stupid, wrong, and maybe that is the only argument you can make for making sure that there are some definitions of whom can marry whom and how and what, right? Right. When things have physical, biological issues, right? Does the state, does right. the... 
Does the apparatus of society have a stake? Yes, they do. So maybe that's where you get into pluralistic marriage having some issues, and that's where you get into incest having issues, because eventually in a pluralistic marriage, you're gonna it is just mixing everything together, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at it from that perspective, okay? But ultimately, yes, these individuals are craven politicians. This is an absolute abomination. Let's be clear here, Pat. An absolute abomination to, and an insult, not just an insult. This is, how do I put this in a delicate term? This is, this is Brutus to Caesar. A, a two Brutus, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This is, they are stabbing you in the front, my friends. They're not stabbing you in the back. They are literally stabbing you in the front, and you're going to hand your vote over to these individuals. Why? Because we have told you, right? We have said, if you, if, if Team GOP does not have the power, we're done. America is on its last leg, as it is a republic. And I... It's either a fast death or a slow death for America. Right. Right. And and the only other answer, by the way, folks, the only real answer politically would be to allow these individuals into the positions of power. And then in 2024, when Team GOP has a much more, quote unquote, favorable uh, attempt at getting to 60 in the Senate, you vote every single one of the available people. Every one of them. I don't give a bleep if it's Mike Lee. I don't give a bleep if it's Ted Cruz. I don't give a bleep. You vote every single one of their dead GOP asses out of office in a primary. You primary the living crap out of these people and you put in positions of of power the individuals who hold actual biblical worldviews who will not insult their base anymore. That's that is realistically the only political answer. But again, that is a, still a political calculation and a political situation. I just bring it down to we've got to stop with the politics and we've got to have a personal revival of liberty in your own life, right? That's the whole purpose of reviving liberty, the podcast, the book that's coming, all of those things. It is about taking personal responsibility and making sure that you personally have a relationship with liberty, and you exercise liberty in your own life, whatever small, big, large, medium, extra large way that you want. That's the um, only way I, forward for liberty to not die in the vine. I I, I will say this much, you know, not not that I'm defending the GOP or or these particular politicians in general, but I don't think Mike Lee or Ted Cruz would ever vote for this. Oh, right. But I, what I am saying is that voting these. Voting every one of them out, clearing the mm-hmm. deck, putting new yeah, people in those would positions would allow mm-hmm. us to do what? Right, Clean house. It would allow us to, to put people who you can hopefully trust. You know, the, the Rob Portman. What the hell is Rob Portman doing? Like, uh, honest to God, I, I don't understand some of these politicians. In a red state, that is Ohio now. Ohio is a red state. It used to be purple. It is red. It is 100% red now. Florida is a red state. What the hell is Marco Rubio doing? It is very simple. We are going to leave marriage to be what? A state issue and go forward. We're just federally recognizing gay marriage. 
No, you are a you are recognizing the abomination of the biblical definition of marriage. It is an absolute abomination, and I don't care about the libertarian viewpoint here because what am I saying? I I'm not saying don't allow them to have some sort of a union, right? I'm not saying that if they wanna if they wanna put a ring on their finger and and play marriage, go for it. But you will never be married because marriage is between one man, one woman, and God orientated, God ordained. And it has purpose to fulfill that biblical definition. You will never do that in a quote unquote gay marriage. It is an impossibility. So we spent uh, 30 minutes on one topic here, Pat, but I think it's yes, important for people to understand what is going on here. I, this is not just craven politics at work. This is them stabbing you in the front because they've literally signed a document telling you they're going to do it. And then they said, wait, 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 wait. We're, we're hoping to slip that underneath the rug, right? And, and hide, it in the, hide it in the book, right? Hide it yep. in Team GOP's book until yep. afterwards. And then we're going to pull this out. Yep. And then we're going to do it in the hopes of what? Because what is the goal here? To do what? Look like they're, they're compassionate? Saints. To, to do what? Obtain the LGBTQ, LMNOP, tilde, ampersand, plus carrot sign. I don't think that vote's going to change much anyway. Because that ideology, it's not just the people who are of that sexual persuasion. It is an ideology today. That's what they don't understand. It, this is a cover ideology for Marxism. When you take the root of the theory, when you take queer theory, when you take you know, gay theory, lesbian theory, whatever, when you take a look at how these people look in, in the mirror and look at the world, it is through the prism of Marxism. You should be standing up against it. This is antithetical to liberty. Again, you can leave it to the state, and if the state itself wants to have a civil union to define it as open to them, great. If they want to say, if because what is this if not a window into the government will force my Catholic Church, your Mormon Church, the you know Ch Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, the Southern Baptist Church, to perform a gay wedding? They will force that on you. In violation of not just your religious liberty, but your conscience. It's In violation coming. of biblical covenant. It's coming. This is not just a slippery slope. If you haven't been paying attention to the last 30 years of quote-unquote gender and queer theory, and we have gone from, you can't say gay, right? Because that's a pejorative, right? And you can't tell, call somebody queer, Right, because it's a pejorative to don't call somebody gay, call them queer. We have literally been flipping every single thing that we're, we were told that when we were growing up was a pejorative to now being the correct terminology for somebody of that persuasion, ideologically. It's insane. What about homo? 
Right. We're not, we're, you're oh. not allowed. You're not allowed to. We were told that you couldn't use the term gay. You had to use homosexual. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you can't use the term homosexual. You have to call him gay. I can't. None of us can keep up with this ever. And that's the point. Right. You can't win. You can't win. Because it has been the slippery slope. If you just recognize our ability to 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 marry, we're not going to shove it down your throat, right? We're just gonna. We just want the same hospital rights. We just want this. We want that. That's not what this is about. It's not. This is that that chipping away at the biblical worldview that this society, the Christian worldview that this society has been founded on for the last three hundred years. Right? This is about chipping and chipping and chipping, and it, this is the last vestige of it. And if they can chip that completely away, we're done and dusted. And we have people who are supposed to represent those values, those principles, that biblical worldview. They'll tell you they do. And then in practice, when it is time to shut up or put up, right? Put up or shut up. What do they do? They shut up. drives me insane. Pay attention. And if this is it and if you are somebody involved or somebody who can vote or somebody who is in the district of any of these individuals who hold political elected office, you hold their asses to the fire and you fire their asses. I, I hope I'm clear on that. And what do you do? You go to every town hall. You go to every event. You make them aware that you know exactly what they're doing. That's what you do. All right. So, Pat, do you you have a best of the week? I do. Um, This is actually a very quick one. Um, Georgia woman mistakenly handed bag of cash at restaurant drive-thru. She was handed precisely... uh, Five hundred and forty. Well, I can't find the number now. Um, like five hundred and forty-three dollars in her uh, bag of food mm. when she opened it up, and then she returned it and essentially saved the manager's job. So I thought that was a pretty cool story of somebody doing the right thing. Yeah, that is a very cool story. More importantly, if I were to find that kind of cash, I would wonder if that's drug money first and foremost, and I don't want any part of that. So here you go; you can have your money back. Yeah. $543.10 to be exact. <laughs> so I, my worst story of the week is the response of the left to what has happened to what has happened to them, right? Sanctuary right. cities, because we're virtuous, right? We're more virtuous than those stupid Republican hick towns and villages in the exurbs and rural America, right? You mean the cities that just virtue signal? Not they're not actually more virtuous. They just virtue signal. Because here, this is both my well, I shouldn't say my best story of the week. Well, it is actually my best and worst because the worst part of this is the response of the left. The left has freaked the ever-loving crap out. How dare you bring your unwashed masses to Washington D.C. and New York and Chicago? Now, Pat, in Chicago, do you pray tell know what the response of of um, Beetlejuice herself has been? Um, that Governor Abbott is racist. Right. That's number one. Governor mm-hmm. Abbott is racist. Um, he's a xenophobe. 
Except for the next words out of her mouth is, we don't want you here. We don't like your kind. What? What? Your yeah. sanctuary it, city, my friends. And it, it, more importantly, Pat. Xenophobic too? Her, her, her real racist and xenophobic response was to take the last, second to last busload and then dump them in a Republican-led suburb. It's literally, uh, we don't like your kind around here. And this is this is the worst story of the week for me because there there's a response, okay, Pat. And one of the cities that strategically Ron DeSantis was smart to do this to was Martha's Vineyard. Why? Because it is one of the most heavily democratic areas of the entire country. It is one of the wealthiest areas of the entire country, and multiple former Democratic presidents have what? Homes on Martha, Martha's Vineyard, including Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, right? Correct, yes. So the policy of the Democratic Party is, how dare you not allow an illegal immigrant into America, right? Right? How right. dare you? You're a racist, you're a xenophobe. Right. Again, just virtue. It's all words. It's they don't actually mean it. It's just all words. Well, here's 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 exactly how they handle the fact that they have fifty, not five hundred, not five thousand, not fifty thousand, not fifty million, five zero fifty handed to them this week. So, what are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are. Uh, we have at some point in time they have to move to somewhere else, right? We we cannot we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we we don't we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. But wait a minute. <laughs> aren't, aren't, aren't they aren't they also a sanctuary city? Correct, correct. Martha's yeah. Vineyard is so, a sanctuary city. So, yep. so how do you not have the resources and the ability to take on 50 people? Pat, it's because they're poor. That's the rub. In Martha's Vineyard, they're poor? No, 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 no. Because the people coming there are poor. How dare you? You unwashed masses. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't this the same people that's saying, like, well, we, we've got all this money. We need to redistribute the wealth. They can't give some of that money to these poor people. Right. Now, I knew this all along, and I'm sure you did, that these people really didn't mean the things that they were virtue signaling about. We, well, duh. We know that. Well, yeah. We, we always know that. Because it, all it does is attempt to become some sort of, of political cudgel, right? We're, we're, we're the virtuous individuals by... We're the sanctuary city, right? I mean, literally, Martha's Vineyard, Chicago, New York City, Washington, D.C., right? The politician, uh, the, the member of the D.C. City Council last week and, and this week, who continued to double down on um, claims of racism and how dare you drop, drop them in our area. Um, you know, we've, we've seen them talk about how this is... There's no housing plan. There's no nothing. Oh, kind of like on the border, which the federal government has decided that they're going to literally obfuscate from their duty. They're going to not obfuscate, but um, what's the term I'm looking for here, Pat? But they're going to shirk their duty 
the duty of the federal government in this situation, if, if they have it, is to do what? Is to either put them on a plane and put them back where they came from or right. to house them. The federal government's not doing either of those things in large enough numbers. And uh, by the way, they're literally doing exactly what the Republican governors of Texas, Florida, and Arizona have been doing. They are putting them on buses and scooping them into middle America. And putting the, they're doing the same thing. They are literally busing people into Chicago every single day from the federal government. That sound you hear is crickets, by the way, of Beetlejuice herself. Yep. Of Fred Flintstone, the governor here. Or I mean, uh, J.B. Pritzker. Sorry. Sorry, Fred. I don't want to insult you like that because I actually yabba dabba do like you. <sighs> this is huh. both my best and worst story of the week because whoa, 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 my best story... Well, see, it's best because we've been able to expose their utter hypocrisy on this, but uh -huh. best because we've also been able to do some pretty dank memes when it comes to this. If okay. not, this is the greatest thing I have seen all week, by the way, Pat. <laughs> For those of you not in the know, the greatest thing that any of these governors have done is bust a an entire busload, so 50 migrants, right? Right on to Kamala Harris's doorstep. Literally got them to Kamala Harris's doorstep and opened the door. Here you go, Kamala Harris. Live your virtue signaling. That I was mean, hilarious, by the way, that meme. It, it, oh, that, look at my... That, if you don't recognize the first part of that video, that's Kamala Harris um, looking at her uh, her bus when she was about to go on tour in um, Iowa for, <laughs> as she ran for president and never actually made it to the primary. Yeah. Um, look at my bus! <laughs> By the way, that 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 was that was glorious. Whoever decided to send that bus to her house as the former borders are, uh -huh. was was genius. Former or still borders are? Uh, isn't she former now? I don't, I don't know. think she's the borders are anymore. Neither one of them, the president nor her, have ever actually even visited the border. So right. I love that. I love it, and I also love the political calculation of doing these things as the governor of Florida, Texas, and Arizona. Why do I love it? Why do I think it's the best story of the week? Not just because we can meme the crap out of it, but because you stop the demagoguery, right? Mm. And you prove them to be utter hypocrites. And more importantly, the Marxists that they are, because Marxists really don't care about other human beings. They don't. They care about power. They care about control. And they care about being able to consolidate power and control. It's all they care about. I don't really care about your humanity. Because if they did, they would figure it out. See, this is the thing, too. Because now Martha's Vineyard, D.C., Chicago, although Chicago is all right at this. Um, but, you know, other areas, right? They're now forced to confront 
exactly what has to happen on the border for Texas, right? Texas has to pick up the slack of the federal government not doing its job. Arizona, Florida, they have to suffer the consequences of our federal government's broken immigration system. Now you get to two. And the political calculation of this, because it's not just, and they and now they're trying to claim this is the most anti-humanitarian, this is unhumanitarian, this is how dare you do these to other human beings. You're treating them like cattle and political props. What do you think the encampments on the border are? What what do you think the federal government's response to all this is? This is all political posturing. Am I missing something here? Nope, not a single thing. And with that, Pat, it is time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, hit us with the four, yes, four nominees this week. And there were a lot to choose from oh were there ever we first have our president and marionette in chief joseph marionette biden uh for the uh, cancer uh, if you have cancer don't, don't jump. jump off the balcony remarks like what the hell was that honestly yeah, are you, are you suggesting know. that people who have cancer um want to commit suicide in mass I, I i don't know but it was dumb dumb absolutely dumb yeah. Um, we we have Vladimir Putin for his war crimes against Ukraine. Now, ironically, what we're hearing from people who are on the ground there and people who are actually following this is that uh, in the Northeast, they have pushed Russia back to its own borders. Um, and we're also hearing that how this is happening so fast is a lot of the Russian um, troops realize what's going on. And are just surrendering, literally just just giving up. They they want nothing to do with this fight. Huh. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next couple of months. But the fact that we're what eight months into this offensive uh, it, or war, and Russia hasn't won. Yeah, it's that's that speaks volumes to what's happening on on Ukraine side. So, um, and then we also have. The science. Trademark. Trademark. The truth. truth. Registered trademark. Registered trademark. Lord, Savior. Lord, Savior, President. Doctor. Doctor Anthony Fauci. For his exchange with Rand Paul and uh, gaslighting everyone of what uh, is natural immunity versus getting vaccinated. I have a question for you, Pat. If you're using uh-huh. Reuters as a fact check, are you doing, doing it right it. or wrong? You're doing it wrong. Mm, okay just checking yeah you're doing it wrong because he did that yeah he did do that um and then finally we have senator Maisie hirano calls fighting pro-lifers literally a call to arms after pro-life centers attacked wait 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 what type of arms because she also supports a ban on all assault weapons and handguns by yeah i don't know she I, support, I don't know. supports literally stripping the Second Amendment. So I, I, I don't, I don't. What I don't, arms? I don't know. Are, is she going to nuke us? I, 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 I don't know. Cruise missile? Um, Tomahawk no. missile? 
Um, I mean, it's whatever stick she has up her butt, maybe like, you know, because she's just so, yeah, I, maybe. M50s? Um, Smoke bombs? Flash you know what? It's, it's cap guns. Paintball guns? Nerf guns. Ow. It's, it's nerf guns. Ow. Ow, Pat. Ow. No, 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 no. I take oh, that no, back. No, no, no. Is it paper water footballs? Guns. Water guns. Paper footballs. Paper. Oh, you know what? Paper footballs might be like, like the little grenades that they use. And by the way, have you ever been hit by one of those when, we, when you were playing that game growing up? Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't feel too good. <laughs> no, no. If you do it right, it doesn't feel very good at all. No, no. I know people who actually have been split open by one of those. You know, the sharp edge of the sharp pointy edge just uh-huh. right in the forehead. Uh-huh. And that's one of the places that you bleed the most, along with your fingers, by the way. Anywho, uh-huh. so maybe that's what they were thinking of. Anywho, uh, who is this week's Richard of the Week? Andrew Coppins, I'm going to let you choose. So we've got Maisie Hirano. We've got uh, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, president, Lord Savior, excuse me, Lord Savior President, Dr. Anthony Fauci. We've got Vladimir Putin and we've got Joe Biden, right? Correct. Joe Biden. It's not just because of the BS that he pulled with the cancer survivors. It is him continuously peeing on our legs and telling us it's raining when it comes to the economy. Who has a celebration when on this? Like, okay, this has to be the most incompetent, dumbest administration of all time. Because, okay, yes, I get the president cannot possibly know when things are coming out all the time. But there is somebody in the White House's, somebody in the White House whose job it is to know when economic data is coming out. Right. And then should be sharp enough to say, hey, 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 let's let's wait a day to have a celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act, um, because we don't know what the uh, number is going to be here. So, yeah, the same day that the stock market collapses twelve hundred plus points, right? Twelve hundred and thirty eight points, I think it was right. The same day that happens, we also know that the core uh, the core Inflation rate goes to 6.9%. We also know the inflation number, the CPI number, is 8.3%. When they were expecting it under 7, by the way. Oopsies! Who does that? Who celebrates this great, grand, wonderful... Bleep. And then, and then we're just only supposed to look at the fact that uh, we have three point seven percent unemployment. And by the way, they've they've given you a dollar and ten cents or dollar thirty cents back in your pocket on a national average for gasoline, except for you still have another dollar thirty to go before we're at where we were before you became president. But but Andrew Coppins, gas is down a dollar thirty on average. I see what you did there, whispering Joe. <laughs> he is. Yeah, so he wins Richard of the Week. And with that, we move forward to our favorite, the Friday fish fry, the fryer. We're going to fry it up. We're going to put that fryer on. All right. And with that, Mr. Pat Oney, do you want me to go first? 
because uh, I do have a story that belongs in the fryer. But I, either way, I, I, I want you go, go with your first story. We'll, we'll we'll trade off. Okay. Okay. Chick-fil-A apologizes for poor choice of words and spicy nuggets tweet accused of racism. What was that tweet exactly? What? Um, let's see. Uh, it was... I have to go find it here. Your community will be the first to know if spicy items are added to the permanent menu. Uh... And then it was in response to grilled spicy deluxe, but still no spicy nuggets. Yeah. I don't know how that was. Uh, I don't know how that was racist. <sighs> I, don't, I have no idea. But it was allegedly racist. <sighs> now, uh, all I know is chicken, Chick-fil-A's chicken is uh, chicken too good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like everybody was on the Popeye chicken sandwich, and I've had it a couple of times prior to yeah. my uh, gluten free diagnosis because that is just asking for trouble um, these days. The double breading, right? The bread and the breading on the chicken. I I didn't find it to be that good. I, I didn't think it was that great either. I, I I'm like Chick Fil A. I'm like I've had better Chick Fil A. Give me the waffle fries from Chick Fil A too, by the way. Yeah. Now I've got two that belong in the fryer here. Okay. Um, first one, The View. Sarah Haynes, a host on The View, claims that there is absolutely no such thing as people that have late-term abortions. No such thing, Pat. Absolutely zero. No what? such thing. That's correct. <clears throat> Wait huh? for this. He also cherry-picked the way it applies, which um, they're talking about Lindsey Graham, okay? Calling it a late-term Late-Term Abortion Act, by the way, 15 weeks, for anyone that doesn't know, is, come on, is one week into your second trimester, and just to clear up an often-referenced myth that is used to get a certain political outcome, there's no such thing as people having late-term abortions. Say that again, says Whoopi Goldberg, there's no such thing as people having late-term abortion or late-term abortions, Haynes repeated, or Hines, or whatever. Uh, now, immediately after that, saying that some 1.3% of abortions were performed after 21 weeks, which, um, Pat, if you were doing the math, would be considered a late-term abortion. Yeah, uh-huh. There's a myth being shopped around to get a certain political outcome. And 91% of all abortions are performed in the first trimester. So there's no such thing as a late-term abortion except for the 12,000 of them that are performed every year. Yeah. Deep into the fryer that goes. And I also have one more for you, Pat. Um, and then we'll get into yours to end it. Um, have you ever heard of Don Enos? No. Have you heard of Don Enos? That name does sound vaguely familiar, but I'm not sure. Well, Don Enos um, used to be an ABC reporter with ABC News, okay? Used, used to, be. to be. Used to be. Why, right. why used to be? Well, I'm about to get into it. Um, hmm. Before I do that, though, let me introduce you to Don Enos, um, a freelance trans reporter contributing to Forbes and other outlets, okay? 
in said Twitter bio condones any and all violence against libs of TikTok, Sarah Gonzalez, Andy No, and a few other people, right? Great, it's awesome. Yeah, I condone any and all violence, including photos of uh, other people, okay? Right? Uh huh. Libs of TikTok was then blocked promptly by Dawn Enos after pointing out that they are condoning literal violence against them, right? Blocks them. Then, after being exposed for being a violent Marxist revolutionary, because that's exactly what um, he, she, it, hers thing is, um, also blocks um, Andy No, and then throws up the Rainbow Jihad flag as her new um, Twitter um, header and changes the picture in her uh, profile, by the way. And by her, I mean... Him. Let me also introduce you to Don Enos. Wait, so we have Don Enos and then Don Enos? Don. Yep. D-A-W-N and Don. And then D-O-N. And then Don. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don and Don. Mm-hmm. Let, you might be asking why these two individuals would be important in the same story. Because of the same person? Bingo! Pat, yeah. they are uh-huh. the exact same person. And, and Don, by the way, was a dude married to a girl named Wendy. Uh-huh. Was promptly fired in 2018 after, <clears throat> quote-unquote, coming out as trans, showing up with a wig and a dress on at ABC News to applause and, and showering of you know platitudes from the fellow leftists at ABC News. Only to backtrack being a woman three months later, saying that they suffered from some sort of amnesia in in her, his, it, whatever's wife um, forced him to dress up in a wig and put fake breasts on and blah, blah, blah. Uh huh. Some might call this individual a mentally disturbed individual. Some Just might. Just a little might. bit. Some might. Some might. According to the Daily Mail, Pat, in this story, okay, this is insane, by the way. We got to get to it. An ABC News producer has changed their gender three times. Three. (laughs) Was fired for performance-related issues, by the way, okay? Dawn Enos was once known as Don Enos, identifying both as a man and a woman during a long career at the company. The producer from Danbury, Connecticut, lost her job in May, just a few weeks after transforming from her male identity. In May of 2013, Don Enos appeared at work wearing a black dress and an auburn wig, asking co-workers call him Don. She reportedly received a very public show of support from her longtime colleagues, but the father of three, uh, three, three, the father of three explained to colleagues that she believed her gender mix-up was linked to her Mother giving her ostrogen as a child to prolong a childhood acting career. What? Enos said she ended up developing breasts and thinking as a woman because of it. Pat, um, that should have been your first red flag that this individual has deep-seated mental issues, right? You think? But 
Soon afterwards, the producer separated from his wife, Wendy, after 17 years. And then three months after revealing the new identity to colleagues, the senior ABC employee returned to work as Don, not Dawn, claiming to have suffered from transient global amnesia, believing that it was 1999 like Prince, thinking that his wife had tricked him into dressing up as a woman. <laughs> but uh, also having posted a memo on the newsroom bulletin board reading I accused my wife of playing some kind of cruel joke dressing me up in a wig and a bra and making fake IDs with my name as Dawn on it seriously do you know what he needs to be dressed up in wait 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 okay wait wait for this because then the journalist explained in that same memo in the bulletin board <laughs> that he does have memories of the last 14 years and they've returned just that his female identity did not. Do, do you know what he needs to be dressed up in? A clown suit? Straight jacket. Oh. That works too, by the way. Uh, yeah. What, what in the absolute hell? Just, just, just... We, we're supposed to take these people seriously? You have a very serious mental problem that you need help with. You need serious psychological and psychiatric treatment. You don't need physiological transformation. That, that, that ain't it. Now, Pat, your final uh, contribution to the Friar this week and the show well, this week. Speaking of, of straitjackets and being mentally disturbed, Florida gubernatorial candidate Charlie Chris betrays himself as Jesus Christ fighting against the Satan. Oh, I I wish I would have pulled this video, but oh my God, I saw this story earlier this week and I couldn't. He literally is trying to play God. He, he claims that he is God, by the way. This man yeah. used to be a Republican, by the way. Used to be a Republican. He is as mentally disturbed as Don slash Dawn Enos is. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. Does yeah. Satan? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Please, please elaborate as to how this happened, Pat, because I, I'm uh, curious uh, as to how DeSantis is Satan. Well, so he compared himself to Jesus in a bizarre stump speech that, that was uncovered this week. During the speech, he said that he was fighting against the Satan a reference to the state's popular Republican governor, Ron DeSantis. Yep. Look at that sign right there. You see the colors, the blue and the yellow, Chris said. Don't, does, does that remind you of any country that is in the news? Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, we're fighting for freedom, too. We're fighting for freedom, too. And Zelensky, President Zelensky, is amazing. And the courage and strength and decency that he shows. This is an election about decency, about being decent to one another, about being kind to everyone. It's called a Florida for all, you know. Says the guy know. who would literally lock you up or literally yep. force you to jab yourself. Go yep. F yourself. You, you know, we got a divider on the other side and a uniter over here. How? You how? know how? You, you know hang on, Pat. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How is this a divider when he when his position on COVID-19, his position on education is 
to do what? Literally make your own choice. On a government, on a personal, on a societal level. Make your own choice. Mm. That's his position. No forcing of anything, whether that is to get the jab, not get the jab, anything. Now, I would suggest to you that another part of this story that's great, by the way, that is was very close to being my best story of the week, is Denmark, England, Germany, all of these countries beginning to find out the negative impact of the COVID-19 vaccine on otherwise healthy individuals. In Denmark, if you are under the age of 50, you cannot get the vaccine anymore. They have stopped distributing the vaccine, stopped it, unless you have a very specific need, like you have a an autoimmune disorder, right, or something right. of that nature. In England, yesterday or today, they announced anybody under the age of 18 will not be required to get the vaccine. And that you cannot administer the vaccine to anybody under the age of 18 without, you know, some sort of medical need for it. Germany has gone that same route. We France is about to do the same thing. We're seeing a global movement towards sanity when it comes to this again. And this man is insane. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And sanctuary cities are just a democratic virtue signal. Please be smart, be safe, be kind, have yourselves a great weekend. And as always, Matthew 547. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.